A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. To the Dead Poor Hitter, Robbie Pietro. Welcome to another episode, and we are going to get into some lineup analysis for the weekend, ending in Friday to Sunday for NFBC or any platform that you play on that allows you to change your batting lineup from Friday to Sunday. And even possible for Daily League to give you some insight on some platoons that are happening, who's sitting versus lefties, who targets to play versus righties, you know, what kind of pitching the teams are rolling out for the next three days. So could provide analysis. Either way, um, I get to talk with Ryan Venancio and we go through that. We also did a pod. It was a big one with Michael Simeone and Ryan, and we did two star pitches for next week that you could pick up in main event and online championships, and then we went into the lineup tool without Michael because he had to leave to go play basketball. So what you'll hear on this episode will be the lineup tool for Friday to Sunday, and then I will release another episode with Ryan and Mike that will be going over some of the pitchers that you could look to try to scoop up in fab this week and possibly start or not pick up in fab and not start next week. So look out for that as well. But this is... The lineup two with Ryan Venancio. Thanks for listening. All right, Ryan, me and you, let's get into the lineup tool. So um, we're just going to give the listeners a little breakdown of some of the matchups this weekend that, you know, that include maybe um, a team facing three righties or two lefties and just point out some platoon stuff and um, things that we should be, you know, watching out for while we set our lineups uh, this weekend for any leagues that, allow, you know, um, a Friday to Sunday lineup change, um, or even daily leagues too. I feel like, uh, I've had several people tell me that it helps with their daily adventures as well. So, um, let's go to first the Atlanta Miami series, which will be in Atlanta. Um, the Braves are throwing out three righties, Kyle Wright, Ian Anderson, Mm -hmm. and Bruce Elder. And the Marlins will be throwing out two lefties out of the three games, Lizardo and, Trevor Rogers. Um, so Atlanta with um, 122 plate appearances versus the lefties. They're eighth in WG, WRC plus versus lefties at 108, 23 to 10 K to BB and a 266 average against lefties. Um, one note we have is Austin Riley's on the bereavement list, so we don't know when he's coming back. Um, some of the things I've noted that um, Eddie Rosario has played two out of five versus left-handed pitching, but he has sat the last three and he's not hitting well. Um, I have a little bit of interest in a guy like Orlando Garcia, who had played third for Riley and um, might see, you know, at least two starts. Um, you see anything from the Braves that pops out at you? Yeah, I was actually, it's funny. I was looking at Orlando Garcia last night because 
I noticed his barrel rate. I mean, it's only 17 balls in play, but he's been bearing up, barreling up the ball a lot. And he's got really good strikeout to walk numbers. So if Riley, if you have Arcia on your bench, maybe you have Arcia and Riley. I, I, I wouldn't mind playing Arcia this weekend, the three games set. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I have, him, I have him in a DC and it was just that one DC that was enough uh, for me to dive in a little bit. And yeah, I've always been like an RCA fan. I feel like every time he gets that chance, he really like comes in, battles balls up, and then he either just doesn't get enough time to get into, I think, a consistent groove, you know? And um, last year I thought he had that chance for a little bit before they went out and they upgraded their outfield. Um they didn't trust in him to, I guess, maybe defensively too. They didn't really feel like he was um, the task. But, um, yeah, so they're facing the two lefties. If anyone has Alex Dickerson, he sits all the time versus left-handed pitchers. Um, and Arcia and Heredia um, fill in that right field in DH when they play lefties. Um, we'll go to the Marlins. They're facing the three righties. Um, they are 11th in WRC plus first righties with 109, 23 to 8.5 K to BB and a 241 batting average. Um, yeah, they, they don't really have too many um, platoon things going on right now, um, except for, I think, the biggest thing is, like, just Brian Anderson. Um, he, you know, does, he hasn't been getting in the lineup all that much consistently, and especially versus the righties. Um, but, uh, you know, this is your Joey Wendell spot. These are the weekends that Joey Wendell shines, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 Joey Wendell. I mean, he's he's just a good baseball player, isn't he? I'd like, ah, oh, yeah. totally agree, man. Totally yeah, agree. I like, I love the Marlins this year, and he was a guy I was pretty excited um about them getting, just because yeah, he's just a good baseball player. You can put him all over the diamond. He makes contact. Um, even in fantasy, I, he's a dec- he's a decent fantasy player. He's got he is a little such a sneaky good fantasy player, man. He gets you good. those ten steals, right? The good batting average. Yep, yep, totally agree. Yeah, totally and he's going to play a lot. And not that you're going to bench Jazz or like you're thinking about starting or benching him, but Jazz let off today. Mm-hmm. And it would be interesting to see if it keeps up because if it does, then the draft price where he was going um, is going to look even better. So I, I really think he's uh, going to have a huge breakout year. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what going on internally with the whole thing. I don't know if, uh, you know, this is something that he did wrong to Mattingly or, or I don't know. It just, it just seems odd that they wouldn't have had him higher earlier. You know, it's all, so, it's almost like management said something to him and then they let him off today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's just, it's just the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, yeah, I don't, I hope he stays up at the top half. I think he, I think he should. I think his bat's good enough. And um, you know, it's it's an interesting lineup and if he could set the table a little better than what they had before i think i think it'll be solid i mean i don't know the whole jorge's whole layer batting first thing you know i i i don't i just don't see it but um whatever their numbers are showing them shows it <laughs> you know <laughs> they've even yeah. let off jesus sanchez once you know um so they have an interesting approach going on there for sure yeah it doesn't really make sense to me but i actually really like their lineup um I, yeah solid one through nine um yep can do all the little yeah. things you know they got some speed scattered around again miguel rojas is that you know solid anchor for that lineup at the bottom he could do it all he's also another guy that you know can bat at the top i think if they needed him like a number one or them i think he's like a solid number two guy like a traditional like more your 
get your guy over type of two guy. You know, that's not that's not alive anymore, Ryan. They're dying. They are. They, they are. are dying. Definitely dying. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you watch the Yankees. They got freaking uh, Judge and Stanton uh, and Donaldson hitting like one, two, three. It's crazy. Isn't it amazing the the size and the like just the size of the ball player that's you know like it baseball is, is really nuts like Daniel Vogelbach the H in batting like and leading off you know it's just all these guys such a different profile that we've ever seen just you know kind of taking the game over but it's interesting to see if it stays like that you know oh yeah totally um, all right let's move over to the Chicago Cubbies versus the Pirates. Um, so at Wrigley, the Cubs are throwing out two lefties, Drew Smiley and uh, Justin Steele. Um, Pirates throwing out one lefty in Quintana and two righties in Zach Thompson and Brew Baker. So um, for the Pirates facing two lefties, um, they are 15th in the league in WRC Plus versus lefties at a 97, 20 to 7 K to BB. So good, good plate discipline there, 264 average. Um, so made some notes about Vogelbach here. He sat the first three games of the season versus lefties, but he has started the last two. And as mentioned, he's in that leadoff spot. Um, Tutsugo started uh, four of the five games versus lefties, but he sat the last one. Gamble started three of five versus lefties. Um, but both, both the, um, for both Gamble and Yoshi, I saw that tough to know if it's a true platoon thing because those three left-handed games came in a row. And I think they, didn't want to sit them for like all three games. So they put them in, in that middle game. Um, so, you know, don't know how to view that is uh, if they're going to play all three or not, um, or, you know, or even two, uh, but Chavis, Michael Chavis starts all the time versus righty. And right now he is crushing them. Um, so he's a guy I'd probably say to get in your lineup. Two of the lesser guys that are probably interesting for me. Well, one, definitely. I don't know about Cole Tucker, but Diego Castillo has played all games versus five left-handed pitchers. I do have him in a couple of DCs um, as late round picks because James Anderson mentioned him on a, on his podcast like early in like November, early in draft season. So I always kind of had an eye on him, even though they love to just load up on middle like corner guys like Josh Van Meter and um, <laughs> Hoy Park, you know, they have so many of them. But any of these guys here that I mentioned, you know, kind of stand out for you. Are you hesitant in starting a guy like Susugo or Gamel in like a deep DC league? because of the lefties yeah and i probably wouldn't start sugo because he's off to a slow start anyway and mm-hmm. then he's facing two lefties on top of that he's definitely someone i would look to bench obviously unless you have like injuries or something um but i really like diego castillo right um, something, something yeah. I like about him <laughs> yeah the k to walk is great he's had he's shown power he showed power last year in the minors i'm not really sure why he's not playing every day but uh, you get two lefties and maybe he sneaks into the lineup against the righty and you get all three games. But um, if you have maybe Dansby Swanson as your MI, I would maybe put Castillo in for someone like that Ooh, this weekend. I like it. I like this. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. Otherwise, like if you have injuries, you can put him in, but he's just someone I really like. He's not quite in fab territory yet, but in terms of DCs, I, I like playing him this weekend and, uh, you know, watching him all year. I totally agree with that. Like in DCs, he's a good look, bad leagues. He's working his way there. Um, again, it's just like a, a glut of guys. Like when they scooped up Van Meter, I was like, why, why? Because I saw like the window opening for him, you know? And I yeah. was just like, Oh man, you didn't need to do that. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's almost like these teams are actually tanking. Like, they want to get worse. They're like, oh, Van Meter got released. Let's pick him up so we can be worse. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what are we doing? Just I know. Saying. I mean, he's like, he's shown flashes of both power and speed, but you don't need to, like, I just felt like who's the wrong team? Like, they didn't need any help at corner like, or middle, their, you know? Look at their bench. Their bench yeah, so against bad. right-handers. On, look at their bench on fan graphs against right-handers. They have Chavis, Castillo, and Park all on the bench. Like, why would you have three middle infielders on your bench? There's no way any other team has that. That's a very good point, right? It's just this, just so a mess weird. of a, a mess of a roster for sure. Um, yeah. What about Vogelbach starting him with confidence versus two lefties? Uh, Tough I one, mean, right? Steel, yeah, Steele is decent, but I'm not really worried about Drew Smiley. I guess, again, if you have, like, some injuries, I'm okay putting Vogelbach at Util. Um, but otherwise, if you have better options, like I would, um, let's see, I got to go through your chart. The Diamondbacks are up here, right? Yeah, the Diamondbacks get one lefty and two righties. I would, hmm, one of the righties is Max Scherz. I was going to say Seth Beer against Daniel Vogelbach. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think I'd rather Vogelbach because Beer is probably going to sit Friday and then he gets Scherzer on left on uh, Sunday. I think I'd go Vogel back over beer. Right. I think that's a smart move. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. I think that closes out that whole series. Pretty good. Um, all right. Let's move on to Detroit at home versus Colorado. Detroit will be throwing out two lefties, Scooble and Tyler Alexander. Um, Rockies are throwing out two righties and a lefty, a lefty being Austin Gomber. Um <clears throat> So for Colorado facing two lefties, the 12th in the league in WRC plus versus lefties, 108, 19th, 8K to BB, 281 average. So <clears throat> pretty good plate discipline. Um, you know, probably some of that has been playing cores for the, the majority of um, the B of the year, but they're away WRC plus versus lefties, small sample, 50 at bat, but it's 176. So um, I don't know, doing something right right now versus lefties, but for a team that likes to move around their guys a lot, um, they really don't have much going on right now, except for like Charlie Blackman has started three or five versus lefties. Um, and the Jonathan Daza um, has started three or five. His only starts only come versus left-handed pitching. So are you a little hesitant <clears throat> with a guy like Charlie Blackman thinking he'll sit a game or his um, skills versus lefties? Yeah, I, I think I would start Blackman anyway, just because, you know, at- I was checking his lineup spot against lefties. He hit um, – oh, he didn't play his last game against lefties. Do you know what his lineup spot is against lefties? He's still bat first or second. Still bat second, yeah. If he still first yeah. or second, I think I would still play him. Yeah, so yeah, he, I would he probably sat, still play him. Yeah, he sat and then batted second, second, second versus lefties, and then he sat the last one. So, um, yeah, I think, I, he'll, he'll, I think he'll still get in there for at least – definitely two, maybe even all three. Yeah, I mean, in a main, you probably yeah, you might have a you might have an outfield uh, bench player that you can put in for Blackman, but good point. Um, I, I was thinking like a guy like Chad Pender, but he's on the COVID IL. Um, Damn it! But <laughs> yeah, but, I love Chad. I love Chad Pender. <laughs> oh, so oh, I was so happy to get him, my man. But yeah. um, but yeah, I, Blackman's such a good hitter to me. I know he he was bad last year. But um, I targeted him in a few leagues, and I'm I'm pretty confident in his bounce back, even though they're on the road. 
I think I would still play him just because Drew Hutchison and Tyler Alexander aren't very good. Um, <laughs> even though the matchup against Scooble isn't great. Uh, I, I think he'll score some runs on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yep, absolutely. Um, on the Detroit side, they're only facing one lefty, but um, Austin Meadows has started one of three games versus lefties, same as Badu. Um, Tucker Barnhart, if, uh, if anyone has multiple catches to play, just interested to note, he, he, said he has sat versus all three left-handed pitches. I didn't know that he went from lefty back to switch hitting this year. It's something that he dropped and then went, went to lefty only, um, a la Cedric Mullins, but then went back to switch hitting. Um, just didn't know that, but I found out that. I found that out about him today. Um, and Eric Haas, his, his, his only uh, starts have come um, versus lefties. Uh, three of his five starts have come versus lefties. So um, anything here that you is worth noting between Meadows or Badu? Yeah, I don't, even though it's only one game against lefty, I don't think you can start Badu right now. He's just, he's been bad. And then he's going to sit Saturday, almost guaranteed, basically. Yep. Um, If, if anything to get, because Miggy's just going to play until he gets the 3000 hit, right? So Miggy's (laughs) Miggy's definitely not getting the day off there. (laughs) Um, So the DH is going to be clogged until he gets that hit. But um, I, I don't think he'd even be playing if Riley Green was up right now. I think he'd be playing even way less than he is now, Badu. Yeah, which stinks because uh, a lot of people crapped on him going into draft season. I didn't really know why, because he was a 22-year-old who went from like A-ball to the majors and held his own. So right. like, why, why are people crapping on this guy? He did like, an, like that's an amazing feat to do that. That really is um, an amazing feat, right. Mm-hmm. And he had like his skill, his underlying numbers like weren't bad or anything. Um, so I was kind of confused why. I mean, I think he was going a little early. Like uh, his ADP was a little too high for me. I didn't end up with him on any teams, but like in terms of evaluating him as a player, I thought he was fine and he's really young. But now once Green comes back, Grossman's not going to sit. They got Meadows. They got Victor Reyes. Um, obviously in DCs, you can't do anything, but in fab leagues, I'm not sure Badu is going to be rosterable for much longer. Yep. I would totally agree with you. I think his, uh, his time is 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 coming to uh, a close, and I and he was heavily invested in from you know for a lot of players you know that saw what, that. What was his know, ADP that, like? 140, 150? Yeah, because yeah, because I remember a lot of people were like, "Oh, him or Trent Grisham." You know, I always like felt that playing time wise, Trent Grisham was always a little safer because it just felt like. I don't know. I mean, especially after the Meadows trade, I didn't forecast that, but I just saw a lot of things that could go against Padu if, if, if they, you know, wanted to go the route of sitting him versus lefties. And then also, you know, just, I guess, I guess on the flip side too, because it definitely is impressive, like you said, to, to come like rise up like that from him playing such a different gap of, of leagues, you know, and do well. But I guess also the flip side is the book is, is small on him that became a little bigger and maybe teams just, you know, can game plan better than him he has to adjust to that too, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I think if green was up, he would be, you know, borderline, you know, two games a week kind of guy, you know? Now, do you know, because he was a rule five guy, he can't say he couldn't get set to the minors last year, but do you know if he can get sent to the minors now? 
Hmm. That actually, you know what? I actually, I actually think he's going to get sent to the minors once Riley Green comes up and they and they shorten rosters after April. That's a great question because I remember that they couldn't do that last year. So yeah, yeah, rule yeah, five picks you have to keep on the major league roster to keep them on your organization. Right. Interesting. I wonder if that I, I don't know if that doesn't yeah. apply anymore after the first year. I don't know, but it's it's definitely interesting because I. Uh, he, he's either going to get traded or sent to the minors once Riley Green comes up, I would guess. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. All right, let's move over to the um, Twins at home versus the White Sox. All righty series over Bundy, Archer, Kopech, Vinny V, Velasquez, and Lucas Giolito um, coming back from the injured list. So Minnesota versus righties this year, 19th in MLB at WRC Plus, 93 with a 25 and a half to an 11 and a half K to BB and a 198 average. Um, this is obviously perfect slate for Luis Arias. Um, he's usually batting one, two, or three versus the righty. Um, Nick Gordon has started four of the last five, um, especially with Duck, uh, Buxton, you know, being out and now he's DHing. So I don't know how long that stays in place. Um, so any, what do you think about Nick Gordon as a deep DC play? You think he might, um, be worth a shot to put in your lineups? Um, maybe if you have some injuries, but I think if your guys are healthy, I don't think you're starting Nick Gordon. Okay. Um, I don't love the skills, but uh, he could give you a steal, you know, uh, and Vince Velasquez is very bad. So at least you get one, one game against an easy pitcher. It sounds like um, a t-shirt. He could give you a steal. <laughs> he, he, he could give, give you a steal. He could give you a steal. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah i don't i don't know i'm not a huge fan of gordon but like i acknowledge that like if you need again if you need stolen bases he's not a horrible fifth outfielder put out there this weekend um, right i am really excited about Luis arias though i've been watching his at bats lately and um i put this on twitter yesterday it looks like he's swinging to make like swinging to hit actually hit the ball hard instead of like swinging to make contact like he had previously just because I'm a Royals fan and I watch a ton of twins games just because they're playing the twins a lot. And the, I, you should almost call it the Luis Arias when someone on the first pitch grounds out to the second baseman. Cause that's how often he, he does it like a hundred times a year, right. but now he's swinging to like actually do damage to the ball. Um, and his, his contact skills are so amazing that if he actually does that, he could like easily double his previous home run total. Um, and he's a 300 average guy. Uh, I don't like that. He's getting platooned. I know. Stop this. Just stop this twins. Uh, yeah. And he's the rest too of the line, good. That, they DH'd Ryan Jeffers yesterday. I'm like, are you <sighs> kidding me? You'd rather have Ryan Jeffers hitting than Luis Arias. No, it's um, another thing that pops out in the, like, in the lineup tracker, it's just like him, like Jeffers and Sanchez have like barely had days off. You know, they, they're playing a lot between DH and, and catcher. And it's just, yeah, I totally agree. Let's get a rise in there like almost every day. This, you know, let's stop it. Yeah, I would definitely start a rise this weekend. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, I guess if you have Gary Sanchez, you have to start him because you only have two catchers on your team. But uh, Gary Sanchez still he. He still stinks. <laughs> Different <laughs> uniform still stinks. Oh man. Yeah, he's 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 interesting. You know, he's almost like one of those like if you just follow like the possible narrative of him getting out of New York and you know owning the skills he had years ago. Um I I liked him after the trade in terms of like I thought he was definitely more safer 
plate appearances like he's doing now, like, you know, getting in there and, and, and DHing and, and catching, but um, you know, he, he's an interesting case because I think that there's still skills to help, like to, to hold on to there that have faint, you know, very far away in the past, but they can inch back there. I think if, if uh, maybe you just needed the change of scenery, you know, that works for a lot of guys um, who knows, but uh, a note back on Arias, like you mentioned, um, you know, I know he he spent some time with Nelson Cruz in the offseason. So maybe, you know, maybe he just has a different approach at the plate. You know, like you mentioned, it it does seem like he's swinging more for, you know, to try to hit the ball harder, you know. And what, like you said, with those contact skills. So now he's making contact at an extreme rate and hitting the ball harder than he was previously could be big difference. Um, I'm over on evanalytics.com and you know Derek Cardi has his little launch angle buckets um he's got like uh minus four degrees to 26 um 23 to 34 and then 38 plus and so actually from minus four to 26 um he he was just constantly in the 98 percentile 99 percentile so you know putting it on the ground to like a line drive most of the time and 38 plus was at 10, you know, 10, 10 percentile, eight, so 11, rarely lifting the ball. This year, it's flipped. Um, he's um, in the 31st percentile in the ground ball bucket and 63rd in that 38 agrees up. So he's definitely, you could see it. It's evident that he's trying to lift it up there, you know, and um, the exit velocity on fly balls looks like it's changing a little bit. So, it's um it'll be interesting to see if how well he can you know progress this forward like it's not an exact match but i remember when i first really started getting heavy into like baseball analytics when i first um like when i just graduated from casually playing to looking more you know into baseball hq and whatever was available at the time that i was looking at um it was always like not a perfect mirror, but he's doing a lot of the things that Jose Ramirez did in his early days where he went from, you know, a glimpse of power to then a lot of power. I'm not saying he's going to turn into Jose Ramirez, but I do see like similar things that pop out that as he gets older and as he plays more, I think he'll develop into some more interesting power. That's actually a really good comp. Uh, I never thought of that, but yeah, I mean, guys that, Guys that strike out that little, um, it opens up such a like, I don't, I don't know. It can, it really gives you a high potential because you know, making that kind of contact is um, such an unbelievable skill that really all you have to do is what Arias is doing and just change your approach. As long as the contact doesn't go down, I mean, you can only get better as you get older. Um, Good point, right? So, I mean, yeah, what else love- do you have to get better at? <laughs> I mean, you do all these, yeah. yeah. You're doing everything right already. So you right. literally just have to change the angle at which you're hitting the ball, and yeah, that that's that's basically it. But yeah, Jose Ramirez is um is a really good comp. That would be really cool to see if like Arias hits 20 home runs like this year or next year. Um, but it would be a huge, huge change. 
Yeah, I think so. I think he had the chance to. Yeah, you know, I don't think he, I'm not locked into it, but I think I think it's hidden there. I think you know a lot of people are laughing, but probably going to stop the podcast right now hearing me <laughs> talk like that about Arias. But it is what it is. You know, I don't think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. He hits 15 home runs this year. Me too. All right, as long as he gets some more playing time too. That's what we need. Yes, yes. Stop platooning him, please. And if he doesn't reach 15, we're going from with. Home runs per plate appearances. That's it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll massage uh, it to make it. Make yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So flip over to the White Sox. They're not doing so well versus right-handed pitching, as you mentioned before. 29th in WRC plus at 60, 21 to 6 K to BB in a 186 average versus right-handed pitching this year. Um, Andrew Vaughn has started two of his last four versus right-handed pitching. Um they they um, brought over Adam Hazley and he started the last two games first, um, both versus righties. Got Adam Engel started three of the last four versus righties. Josh Harrison is back to being injured, and him um, and Lurie Garcia bouncing around with Jake Berger doing the third base thing every now and then too. So it's a lot of mixing and matching, um, of course, and you know not hitting well, facing some you know. Uh, you might get a good start in over, but Bundy and Archer are definitely gettable. Um, what have you seen anything in the White Sox that's popping out for you? I like Jake Berger. Um, the, the only issue is, like, like I was saying, you kind of need injuries to play some of these guys, right? So, I'm trying to think of a third, maybe if you have Austin Riley, um, who's on yep. the bereavement list, right? Maybe you can put Jake Berger in for him. Um, I like, I like some of his skills, otherwise, uh. I don't know if I'm trying. Adam Engel does have very good um, per plate appearance stats for home runs and stolen bases. Yes, so he I does. guess that that might not be a horrible fifth outfielder for you if he's right. going to play all three games. Otherwise, I don't think you can start Andrew Vaughn though. I really don't. Just his yeah, playing right. time is so inconsistent. Even though he's playing well, his playing time is just so inconsistent. Yeah, I know. He's he's definitely hitting the ball better than he did last year too, but. Just don't know why uh, they they just don't believe in playing him every day. It's tough though. I I understand why everyone's so frustrated with him not playing, but at the same time, they have Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, and Eloy Jimenez. They have too many DHs. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn is a horrible defensive player. Yeah, so really I is. I can't really blame them for not wanting to play him in the field just because he's so bad. Right. He's a he's a DH. Yeah, and Abreu is a DH, and Crontal is a DH when he's not <laughs> catching, and Eloy is a DH. There's too many DHs. Yeah, it's just yeah. he's on the wrong team, right? Yeah, but you can't, but you can't drop him. So I don't, I don't know what you do. Oh, they could have had Montas for him, but they declined it, right? Yeah, that was the, that, I mean, that was the I, rumor, I, you know, at least. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to trade a 22, 23 year old bat for. A twenty-eight-year-old starting pitcher, but no, it, it, definitely, it would it would definitely make them better. It would make them better, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they're not playing Vaughn. So, what do you need them for? <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting to see what they do going forward with Andrew Vaughn. Um, but yeah, they definitely have a glutton of guys that, and, and then you got too like a guy that you even mentioned, right? Who's another DH guy, but Gavin Sheets, right? Who could hit the snottle oh, yeah, ball too, mention, you know, I didn't even mention right? Gavin yeah. he can hit the ball really well. And he's, he's just another guy that just, you know, that is, is doesn't play versus lefties, but he's one of their righty mashes, but he, he hit the ball well. And he's still like in the process of getting more plate appearances under his belt for his 
you know, I don't know, Major Herrera, he he can hit the ball well too. So they just are you, are you playing him in DCs as a util? Because that's some juicy home run pitchers right there. Ober, Bundy, Archer. I think Sheets is gonna hit a home run this weekend. Yeah, Sheets is Sheets is one of those guys. I'm 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 definitely getting into both of my leagues for the um the two leagues to have him in for the weekend. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a you know, this is the these are the time to play him. And this is like you said, if you get a homer, one homer on the weekend. I'm him. You jump. Those are the things that give me the biggest joys in like draft champion leagues, like drafting whole leagues. Is just when those type of guys, when you plug them in, and even even if you make you know like a decision to start them over someone you know that would other people might deem more favorable or better, right? But he's like, nah. You know what? I'm gonna trust the matchups. I'm gonna trust it. Like you said, fly ball pitchers gonna play all three games. He's gonna hit a homer, and when he does, you know. Those are the things that you remember at the end of the year. Like, I remember when I started gathering sheets and he hit one homer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but these oh, are the things, the, like, these the are the feeling. These are the little things I think that add up over the season, making these calls, like making these calls or not making these calls, right? You know, it could be a Saturday and he could have two homers and you're going to be like, shit, why didn't I play him over, uh, you know, another guy that, you know, might even be a little better. But, you know, these are some of the things we have to take into account that makes fantasy baseball like just, Amazing, right? You know, makes it hard and 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 amazing at the same time. Oh, and in DCs, that's all. That's what it's all about: get playing the right matchups and playing the right guys. I mean, right. people that win the overall, I'm sure, I don't know, thirty to forty percent of the credit should be that they're playing the right guys all year. Yep. yep. I'm sure some some of it's luck, but you have to, you know, you have to you have to really pay attention to this and play the the right guys every weekend. Absolutely, because like sometimes. Um, Last year on, on like three, three of my draft champion team, I had just crazy outfield depth where I'm not even joking. Like I was sitting guys that were like maybe like top 150 rated batters for the weekend, you know, or for the Monday to Thursday. Like I had just on one team, I was consistently sitting like Michael Brantley, um, um, Austin Hayes, like just guys who would be like automatic, like DC plays on, you know, on most, like most weeks. And I was just consistently on my bench. You know, I can't remember a lot of the other outfields I had, but it was just one spot where I, I just really drafted, I guess, well, but it, it also hurts like when you have to make those choices, like, you know, you, you pick the wrong guy and, and, and it, you leave a lot of stats on the bench and it's just, um, it's pain, you know? Yeah, so yeah, some of the DCs I have, it's very hard to make some of these decisions because you have so many options. Obviously, yep. it's a it's a good thing because later in the year it you is. need all those guys, but early in the year it's very hard to pick the right pick the right players. Yeah, and it's it's such a it's such a different thing, you know, than than a fab league, right? Because we could pick up and we could stream a batter for the weekend, and obviously with DCs we're streaming from our team, but you know it's easy when you have maybe you know only one. Uh, bench outfielder in a fab league but in a dc you have like 10 to choose from or nine or eight and you're like what you know gotta make the right choice it's a different uh totally different animal but it's it's cool you know it's what i love about the draft champions for sure oh yeah all right so yankees first cleveland um i don't really know what cleveland is doing with their rotation um i've seen Pilkington and McCarty, two lefties on the Saturday, Sunday. I don't know if you've seen anything different. I've uh, never even heard of those guys. 
I know. I know. And I get because that's, I guess yeah. they have guys that Quantrill is on the um, COVID IL, right? Yes, Quantrill is on the COVID IL. And is there someone else missing from that rotation that's making both of these guys uh, pop up in the Rotowire grid? Or I don't know. Um, well, Eli, it's oh, Eli on, Morgan. on fan graphs, it says Eli Morgan. Oh, that's interesting. It has Savale as the Sunday pitcher on Fangraphs. I wonder if that's accurate. Interesting. Because he's... Yeah, it has it has Eli Morgan on Friday, blank Saturday, Savale on Sunday. Okay, so that would change the whole makeup of uh, of the weekend slate for that. But, you're, but that might be... Hmm. Hmm, I wonder... Because it's different. It's different on everything. And on, on, on the MLB app, it doesn't even have anyone. It, yeah, um, they just it says, they, just it says, T, the it says TBD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so. Let's see what Razzball has. They, I'm sure Razzball, Fangraphs, and Rotowire are gonna. They have Eli Morgan Friday, Logan Allen Saturday, and Savali Sunday. Hmm. So maybe that's the blank. Maybe it's the Logan Allen. Uh, interesting. So, all three different things, but um, <laughs> uh, Lo- Logan, Al- very easy. <laughs> Logan Allen is a lefty, right? Yes, he's a lefty. Okay. Yeah, so as long as it's that they have two Logan Allens in their organization, but I believe the one that's pitching is a lefty. Crazy two jazz to make, to make it to make everything even more confusing. Jazz just Which, went yard. Let's go. Let's go, Jazz. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff. Oh, man. There you go. He's getting his time to shine, boy. And he's he's, he's it it it's interesting. He's um he he uh he's not doing anything uh crazy. Oh, Jesus a, Sanchez is an absolute bomb. 114 mile an hour home run. Jesus Sanchez. Wow, it looks like the ump told Jazz to get into the box, and Jazz kind of argued with him for a little bit. And then Yadier was telling <laughs> the pitcher to to pitch, to pitch the ball, pitch the ball. Because he wasn't allowing his time, and then the first pitch after that, he went yard. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, awesome. I gotta go on Twitter and share that after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Yankees, um, Yankees, Indians, um, not knowing really what's going on here. Um, <laughs> do you have anything that maybe we should be worried about with any of these uh teams, or how about the um? Yeah, at least the Indians, we know who they're facing. Tyon, Cortez, Cole, um, I guess, you know, Andres Jimenez gets his start versus righty. So this is probably a good weekend if you have him in a D.C. to probably get him in there. Um, and I guess Josh Nail is my other guy. Like, I'm hoping he gets some consistent playing time and, 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 and plays every day between first and outfield. But they like to do crazy things. I don't know what to expect from them. Yeah, they like to do weird shit, but I I, I like Naylor. I think I would play. I think I would play him this weekend. And depends yeah, right? on who you have, but he he's probably a decent fourth or fifth outfielder this weekend. Um, I think so. He had a good game today too. Yeah, and Jimenez stole a base today, I believe. So if you need steals, I again I think he's a good guy to play. And um, even though I really like Garrett Cole. He's uh, a little off his game, so maybe he's not as tough of a matchup right now as he usually is. Right. So maybe you might get another steal from Jimenez this weekend. What's your thoughts on Josh Naylor in a fab league? Is he a guy like you would target in a 12-team and a 15-team league? I'm trying to think um, 
if I like him more than Arias, because neither of them are given to give you steals, but Naylor probably has more power, more RBIs. He's owned in three percent of RotoWire online championship leagues right now, Josh Naylor. Really? And in main events, he's fifty-three percent owned, so he's out there. Yeah, in a main of, I definitely want to pick him up in a fifteen. In a twelve, it's close. It depends on team construction. I think if you need average and you need um, a guy to just play every day, I like Naylor. Mm-hmm. Maybe as like a util, like perfect for this scenario. He's going to play that. He's probably going to play all three games this weekend. You put him in for someone that's maybe facing two lefties and is going to sit as a left-handed hitter. So maybe you, you throw him in this weekend. That makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely want to pick him up in if, if he's available in your main, but in an OC, it depends. All right, cool. Good enough. Any uh, comments with the Yankees or pretty much uh, we, we don't have to talk about the Yankees, right? No, no, I just please, please stop benching Glaber Torres for Isaiah Connor Falefa. That's all I ask. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally agree. I, I think, I think Glaber is going to have a monster, monster season, and it's a bit, it's a bit of a gut call. Uh, I just, um, I don't know. I think once the weather starts to warm up, some of those fly balls are going to go out. I think Glaber is going to be awesome this year. Yeah, he's he's a guy who I I, I never trusted the early like onslaught of, of of power that he showed like i never trusted this supporting metrics of that early in his career and i didn't wasn't in on the early like adp last year it was nuts on him but this year starting in the draft season when he was like in the 170s you know i was like loving that you know and then and then he kind of rose up a little bit you know when like january february came around and then um, you know, once, once there was like, on like, I don't know, I feel like they were a little unsure about a PT. I kind of got a little gun shy in drafting him, you know, like, uh, even though I believe he should play over him, you know, over IKF, I, you know, who knows? I, I guess they, they, they just want that defense, which, but I know some people believe that IKF isn't really that good at defense, but, uh, that's. It's interesting, you know. I I don't. I hope. Um. I have. I have. So I have some Torres in DC. So I hope that he starts playing more consistently for sure. Yeah, I I noticed that he played. I think he played eight games in a row. And yeah, then he and was then, set, and then he sat two out of the last three games. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's just like maybe, you don't know, like if that just. Maybe that, yeah, maybe just trying to clear his head because he's he's had some deep flyouts so far this year. He should the ball. Have a few home the runs. ball. The damn ball, and it's the, the ball with the weather too. Some the, of these games, it's like forty degrees. It's like yes, this, that's not so baseball many. weather. Yeah, I totally. I don't agree know. That. I see. I see people on Twitter saying that. Um, I think it was Derek Cardi that said the fly ball rate is is like really low. But I was like, how much is that as weather? And is it is it forty degrees normally every year in the first two weeks of the season? I I don't know. So I yeah. mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too concerned yet, but. About the ball, just because like no yeah, home runs being too. hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just I, I don't know how much of it is weather related. Yeah, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean I can't quantify it, so I don't really worry about it. <laughs> just like that's, that's true. Just that's look true. at the K to walk and all this fun stuff that we can mention. But when I get to that, but I do agree that it's been unusually cold in a lot of parts of the U.S. and it's just you know it's been nasty and. 
you know, we got the humidor taken into effect too. Like, we don't know what kind of effect they're having, if they're having any, but, you know, it's different, just different all around. There's so many things that we could factor in. I'm not smart enough to factor all those things in. So I'll listen to what the experts say and, you know, see if I want to factor in it at all or just, you know, sometimes that, you know, just that it's just noise, you know, fade the noise, like they say on <laughs> FTN.com. But um, right, let's, let's move on to the Padres, Dodgers. Um, Padres are throwing one lefty in Sean Manaya, and the Dodgers are throwing all three lefties, Urias, Anderson, and Kershaw. So um, Trent Christian has sat the last two versus lefties, but I started three or five overall. Um, Hosmer has started three or five versus lefties. CJ Agent has not started yet versus a lefty. Um, and Hansong Kim um, plays versus righties. Uh, so what's your thoughts on these guys? You got some fringe guys here. Are you starting anyone like Trent Grisham and Hosmer um, with confidence or are they on your bench? Um, I hope you're not rostering Eric Hosmer, but if you are, <laughs> I might start him. Uh, he's not really that great against lefties in general, so he, he would probably be a bench guy for me. Grisham, I would definitely start. Okay. Um, it, it, it all depends, though. If three lefties in a row like that, I would probably see if Grisham's playing on Friday because I think if he's not in the lineup on Friday, I'd probably bench him just because you, you, get, Kershaw on, you get Kershaw on Sunday. So even if right. he does play the last two games, you really don't like the Kershaw game. Right. So I would say if he's sitting on Friday, I wouldn't play him. And then um, I love Haseon Kim, so it's awesome to see I get to play him this weekend. I'm all, I, he's my most um, highest shared player, however you want to say it, most okay. rostered player. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'll be putting him in my lineup in all my <laughs> DCs and all my, all my OCs and my main. With excitement, um, right? With excitement. Hopefully we get a steal and a homer. Um, I honestly think – and. This isn't really related, but I, I think CJ Abrams is going to get sent down once rosters um condensed in April. I believe um, so. Yeah. Espe- yeah especially when Tatis comes back. Yeah, yeah. I just because you can't send Kim down. And right. Kim is such a good defender. And Abrams hasn't really played in triple A yet. So I think they wanted to just see what Abrams can do. And if he really took off, they would play him, like in the outfield or something. Yeah. And now that he's really struggling. I, I honestly, I, I really see him as someone that would that's going to get sent down. So if you have, it's tough. I'm trying to think because in Fab leagues you probably spent a good amount of them on Fab. So I don't know if you yeah, want to yeah. drop him a week early. <laughs> but I think, I I think it's the smart move to drop him because I do not think he's staying up in the major leagues. Um, yeah, I would agree with I, you. Like, and I think they just wanted to not only see what they had, but I just think he was the next like. I like how they just said, let's just take our next best player, right? He was the he was the best player to bring up and see and to help their team too. Not only to see what he had, but to help their team, you know? And I, and I, I kind of like how they did that and not just approached it as let's just, you know, sign a guy to fill in, you know? Like they just, hey, here's this young kid. He could be something. He could give us this, this punch that we need, you know? And let's just give him a shot, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, his strikeout to walk isn't bad. I mean, he's got like a 100 Babbitt or something, which obviously wouldn't um, wouldn't keep up if he kept playing. But uh, I don't know. They love playing Jerks and Profar and Will Myers. And the fact that Profar is playing well means he's, they're definitely not going to sit him. Manny Machado, 
loves Eric Hosmer. So Hosmer's not sitting. So it's such a shit show in San Diego that they're, I think they're going to, they're, I don't know what their obsession is with not playing the best guys, but I, I think uh, Abrams gets sent down and Haseon Kim becomes the everyday shortstop. Yeah. I but of so course, too. of course, this weekend you can't, you obviously can't play Abrams because he yeah. hasn't played a single game against lefty. So he's an yep. auto bench. Yeah. Auto bench for sure. Dirksen Profar, you know, he's just, he's, he's an interesting guy. He was another one of those like, guys in draft champions right when he's hovering around like pick 500 and you're like oh for a pitch and outfield okay you know like <laughs> you know he's gonna play you know you don't know what you're gonna get in terms of the skills you know he, he's been all over the place like not super consistent but you know like, he was you know he was a guy who wasn't afraid to like kind of you know target like later on in draft because of that multi-eligibility you know safe role on the team kind of um actually i just uh last night like every now and then because you know i'm so obsessed with pull hit balls that you know i i just like to run some some pull hit search you know on uh baseball savant and um i did uh pulled line drives and fly balls this year and he's uh tied with arenado for the lead with 13 events uh pulled 13 pulled fly balls and line drives and on those pulled balls and line drives he has a 1.692 slug Oh boy, that was really loud. Um, 98 uh, mile an hour EV on those 13 events. So hey, who knows? Maybe he's going with the whole pull side thing. I don't know, but it's it's interesting. It's definitely um, an interesting shift to his profile because he's kind of like a, a pull guy, but now he's just elevating it more. So who knows, you know? But yeah, I see his pull rate's up 26% from last year. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm not a fan of his at all. But the more I like look at his page and see that, um, what was it, in 2019, he actually had a really good year, but he had a 218 BABIP. And the year before, he went 2010. Um, and last year, all of his numbers looked fine. He just had a crazy low home run to fly ball rate. Um, and now that the humidor is in San Diego, that should actually help him a lot. Um, right, that was. I know San, San Diego. I think is the park that improved the most from the humidor. Right, that's what I have uh, heard. Like that was one of the parks that we could probably expect some diff, like some noticeable difference. Yeah, yeah. So I think I just talked myself into jerks and Profar. Ooh, um, baby, I love when it happens <laughs> out in the podcast. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing better when it all like comes out on the pod where someone's like, oh, you know, actually this guy isn't so bad because, and this is why I love doing the podcast too, because, you know, and, and listening to him too, because like, you just don't know, you know, you can't possibly, you know, cover everyone all the time you know you're gonna like there's some guy that might slip under the crack especially if you don't dive as deep as this but you know it i love it when it comes to a head like oh it was actually not as bad as i thought you know between like especially with the biases that we always get in our heads right it's just because we maybe we don't bother to look but you know they always said oh it only takes one second to just look right <laughs> no absolutely and like you said you can't you're gonna be wrong on so many players Right. Like you can't hit on everyone. You can't be right about everyone, but um, you can't do your due diligence on every single all 500, whatever major league baseball players. It's just too but, hard. Um, yeah. 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 But I mean, look at it. 7% swinging strike rate. He hits the ball in the air enough. He like, if his, if he's pulling the ball in the air like that, uh, he could have a really good season. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, it started, um, I mean, he had um, like 2017 to 2019, his pull fly ball percentage was like 20 to mid 20, which is pretty good. And then it dipped down. But then last year it was a dip down to 20 uh, to 18 in a short season. But then last year it was 26.3 and this year it was 33.3 so far. So I probably won't stick around, but um, it's good to see that, you know, he's constantly trying to elevate pulled balls. And if he could keep that up, we might have something here. We might have something here with Mr. Profar. We might. I'm trying to see how he can't be very. Oh, in OCs, he's only 50% owned. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I might, I might check to see if he's available in some of my OCs. That might be a good bench bet. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Interest, like, interesting. Love, love the, <laughs> love, love the multi eligibility too. You know, like, yeah, I don't know, and um, you know, they're really gutted right now. So he's only, he's only missed two games the whole year, and but he's played the last um, eight straight. So, um, you know, it's like he's ready for primetime ABs. You know, batting fifth. Jeez. By the way behind Luke Voigt, but did you see that that slide thing that he did to Tyler Stevenson, Luke Voigt? Weird was that. It looked like he like Ow. he like put his hands down like he tr- was trying to hit him or something. It was he so did, weird. bro. He mashed his face into the ground. Everyone was like, did he, you know, the, does this look like it? Yes, it was. Like he lived, he did a wrestling move at the plate and nobody fucking cares. <laughs> There should be a, he should have an automatic pinch runner. He's too big to run the bit. Like the guy's like six, six, like two fifty. Like he's going to, he's going to kill someone out there. <laughs> yeah. Especially if he does wrestling moves like that. Like, <laughs> like seriously, like if you just look at it, it's like, I showed my wife and she, you know, she looked at it and she goes, Oh my God. He's like, he just mashed his face into home plate. And she's like, is that allowed? I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> No, apparently like, it is it, apparently it is yeah she like and then i'm uh, i'm like he just went on the concussion list she goes he got a concussion and he didn't get in trouble i'm like oh, it's the legal slide <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable bro it's uh so it's just one of those things where i just i don't comment too much on like in-game play like you know and but that that one was just really really fucking nuts to me um yeah so all right so so um, just a couple more like quick teams, uh, 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 more guys I wanted to like bring up real quick um, for, the, for the D-backs, um, not, so not the D-backs, the, the uh, Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, um, they're facing the, the Red Sox, Walker Hill, Evaldi, but um, I wanted to bring up Manny Margot, like played six straight, five versus righties, and I was like, here we go, baby, like I've been waiting for, waiting waiting for Manny Margot to just get that everyday PT, you know? And then he just crushed my heart by, you know, playing only one of the last three um, and sitting versus the two righties. I thought, I thought we had it for a second. I read an article, you know, it said that how, um, you know, Cash loves his, his veteran presence for the, um, like the younger Spanish kid, you know, like, and, and, and that they really looked up to him. And, and I'm like, oh, great. Here we go, baby. Manny Margot time. And then he just sits. And I'm like, God damn it. I love the matchup versus the Cubs, too, that he had, you know, Monday to, thir- uh, Monday to Thursday. Even though it was three games, I'm like, here we go. There's the perfect spot. Even if he plays two, I was really happy with Tottenham. And what a dud. So it's weird. Who is he? He's sitting for Kiermaier? 
Yeah, fucking can't. And and then Brett Phillips is still around. You know, oh, I mean, Phillips is playing over him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I and mean, he only plays versus righty Brett Phillips. But, you know, uh, I listen, I love Brett Phillips, the person. I think he's uh, an amazing individual who uh, really cool. Like I saw that video, too, that, you know, they had like uh, a girl that came up and threw the first pitch. And he was like just super, super cool. You could see he like he could relate to, you know, um, anybody, you know. But um, come on. I mean, Manny Margot was a stud. Yeah, let's get the guy in there, you know? He's a stud. Get him in there. Come on. <laughs> uh, Josh, wonder, I, yeah, yeah, get No, it's just weird that he played – Margot played three in a row against righties. Yep. And then he sits two in a row against righties. I, I wonder if, like, managers – I wonder if it's, like, still spring training with the expanded rosters and they're just trying to get everyone at bats. Yeah. And it's basically, like, the worst players are just going to get – demoted after april i feel like that's what's happening yeah could be I don't, I, i'm not sure though it's it's very bizarre i don't I, I guess you can't i guess you can't play margot this weekend because you don't know if he's going to play two or three games i know this is killing me this is really killing me because i have him on a lot of spots you know and yeah no i don't I, know I do too. To i've been a bunch of dcs yeah absolutely he was and he was a guy too that was like in in a good enough range that you could like kind of wait for um and, and land i think it was like what like maybe mid 350 uh three, like 350 area right something like that yeah yeah um and i wasn't afraid to jump him up and in, in some leagues but uh anyway josh low um let's see he's played first two two out of three lefties so maybe he sits one game this week i mean it's not like it's it's just rich hill anyway but um what do you see from josh Lowe's so far do you like um his rest of the season outlook? Um, I think he definitely, definitely went for way too much money in Fab. Um, yeah. Like those, he went for prices that I expected like O'Neill Cruz to go for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he has nowhere near the potential as O'Neill Cruz. Um, I get that he has the power speed. Um, and, you know, the strikeouts are high, but he's looked better of late. Um, I think he got a plan this weekend, but. I don't know. I think he's good, not great. Um, like I said, I, I just think he went for way too much in fab and people are going to be disappointed because they set unreal expectations for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I think it's something to be said. Um, I think early, early on in the, in the podcasting uh, season, like early draft season, November, maybe December ish, but um the robot Phil Lusso was on um, James Anderson's podcast and um, they were discussing uh, Phil brought up that, you know, that the, the pitching in triple a last year um, just uh, wasn't as much of a competition. It was in previous years. So a lot of the batting statistics were a little inflated, you know? So he was, they were kind of a little concerned about, you know, rookie bats in general like having their statistics maybe just look a little you know skewed um you know not all out of whack but skewed enough that we might just be expecting you know too much of it i mean jeremy pena is putting that to bed but everybody else is kind of struggling you know yeah yeah i still have a lot of confidence in wit and julio rodriguez uh, yes. being really good this year mm-hmm. but yeah no i, I agree with that i i think um you're seeing it with like Joe Adele, for example, even though he's not a rookie 
he's he's definitely going to have a longer than normal um, adjustment period to major league pitching. He's, he's striking out a bunch. Um, like Josh Lowe was striking out a bunch. Uh, I know CJ Abrams is not showing in his K rate, but he's his swinging strike rate is a little higher than you'd like to see. Um, and I mean, it, they could definitely be right um, about that because yeah. you'll see it like uh, Josh Lowe hit 290 last year in AAA. I mean, he's not going to hit close to 290 this year. Right. I um, know. You know. Uh, yeah. And even Riley, Riley Green had like a 400 or something BABIP in AAA, I think. And Josh Jung did too. So I could definitely see that being the case that all the AAA stats are crazy inflated. Yeah, could definitely definitely be playing a part for sure. Um, yeah. All right, deep 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 DC play. Um, he man Choi is only gonna get two games. What do you think? He's starting him this week. Corner against Walker and Avaldi. Uh... Tough, right? I mean, Avaldi the stud. Yeah, I don't think so. Sitting Obviously, right? if you don't if you don't have any better options, I think uh, yeah. you can play him. But I, I I think I'm sitting him. All right, I like it. Um, let's see. Anything else? Anything pop off of you? Any other teams? Any other players that kind of uh, you wanted to maybe highlight or talk about as as guys that you you see as maybe a potential to sit or good spot to play in. Um, the one Diamondback one. Oh no, we talked. We talked about Seth Beer. Um, yeah, about Seth Beer and, I, and David. David Peralta is interesting too. He he sat versus the, um the last two lefty that started, and they're facing one. So plus plus he gets Scherzer, like you mentioned with Bear. He gets Scherzer the one game. He's interesting because he had a whole swing thing too that he was doing. He, you know, he contacted Joey Votto, and um, I think. Right. Or, or he went to he, he got linked up with somebody and was making uh, that conscious change to I and mean, he's always been a good contact guy, but to hit the ball harder. And in spring training, he was smashing the ball. And I was like, oh, boy, maybe I didn't take enough of him during draft champion season. Um, so <laughs> he's kind of been in my radar. Um, hasn't popped off yet during the season. But um, yeah, I discovered that really late in. Uh, the draft season, I got him on a couple teams, but I, I posted it on Twitter yesterday that I love David Peralta this year, and I'd explained to so many people why. But did you? I didn't and even see that. No, yeah, great. yeah. I put a, I put a post on like players I'm trying to acquire right now, and I had him there, and everyone was so confused, like, why do you want David Peralta? Um, yes. But he's yes. he's cut I love it. Ground, Give it to he, me. Give it to me, Ryan. His ground go. ball, his ground ball rate is cut in half, and he's a guy that's always had amazing exit velocities. His max EV is usually around 114. Like th- that's like elite territory. Yep. So if he's going to hit the ball and keep hitting the ball in the air, he's hitting the ball really hard right now, 45% hard hit rate. Um, but if that uh, ground ball rate stays down like that, it's going to regress a little bit because he's not going to cut his ground ball rate literally in half in one season. But I could see him being this year's Joey Votto. I really could. I could see him hitting 280 with 25 homers this year. I don't think I- that would be that crazy if his ground ball rate is for real. Right, and they don't fuck around with sitting him like versus all lefties, you know. Yeah, I'm so like, what? What are we doing? They, yeah, they, they played they, they played him every, they played him every day for years, and now they decide to platoon him. Right. What did we mention before with launch angle, batted ball events? Um, let's see, batted ball events was launch angle, fifty balls in play. 
right? Is so, that like 30? Yeah, I'm on I'm on EV analytics again. 26 ballot ball events. So halfway there. Halfway there. And I, I know long, like average launch angle isn't everything, but career five, six and a half, six, five, eight, five. This year, 20.1. <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Balls hit 38 degrees and higher. 10, 15%, 17%, 12%, this year, 27%. Um, like you mentioned, the max EV every year, 114, 113, 115, 113.2. So that power is there, you know? Um, the, yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm totally interested in this. Um, this is this is the time to buy too, you know? If, uh, if, if he's available in the leagues, I think he's a, a guy worth stashing. It'd probably be cheap. No one's really paying attention unless they're going to listen to this and pay attention and make a move. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I like it. Checking mains right now. I don't know how many mains is available in. I don't um, think many, if any. No, 96% ownership. 96. He's, not, he's, he's available in a decent amount of OCs, but not, not many mains. Yeah, and that's like, like what I was mentioned prior, like when it's at 96 and he's, you know, like a, a good hitter, like they well, the, that one, uh, that two leagues where he's available is going to be 60, 70, you know. That's, that, that's usually how it happens with those high-owned guys who are, you know, still solid players. Like I saw that someone dropped Jesse Linker last week in the main event. It was an interesting drop. What? Yeah, that was that I'm was. Just, um, I said they, they used a top 150 pick on him and dropped him after 10 days. Isn't it sick? Like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's why I always like to scroll through the drops. And you'll never find, like, a lot of those guys at the top of the drop list. But at the bottom, I feel like there's two spots where you'll see some interesting drops. It's usually at the bottom where it's one or two leagues where, you know, like, guys are like tough to hold on to this guy to keep him. You know, you'll get a lot of those. And then you'll get a lot in, like, that's for some reason, like, the – there's 47 leagues, so like the seven to 10 range. I think you'll also get a lot of guys like you'll look at and be like, oh, those are interesting choices. But yeah, Jesse Winker was the one that really popped off. Uh, I mean, James, James McCann, as you know, catcher. I don't know. It's not turning into a drop show, but I just feel like in a 15 team league, like you, you don't need James McCann as your catcher. <laughs> I don't know. I could be yeah, wrong. There's, there's, there's one guy, the, the, the guy, the, the fab pickup that I, that I told you about in the chat that I would probably take over James McCann. But yeah, I, I, I would think he's, I mean, 30 catchers have to be owned. I would think he's close to a top 30 catcher. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, he plays a good amount and, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, man. All right. So you mentioned to me you might have a, Sneaky dark horse fab pickup this week. Do you want to reveal it or not? You don't have to. Uh, to yeah, yeah. Why not? I'm only in one main event. It's not like <laughs> let's go. Let's give it to the listeners. The this is what the they want. The, four, the 14 people are actually listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so his name is Christian Bethencourt. Um, he's been DHing or playing first uh, for the A's every day the last week, and I don't really see. Um, a path to him getting set anytime soon just because Pinder is coming back eventually, but I don't think him and Pinder like don't play the same position. So Bethancourt should still play. He is 86th percentile in sprint speed, 89th percentile in max EV, 
And his strikeout to walk numbers throughout the minor leagues are actually pretty good. Um, and again, he's catcher eligible in NFBC and he's going to play every day. Um, so I think on some team, I think on one team, I had Danny Jansen as a catcher and I picked up Francisco Mejia as a backup. I think I'd rather have Bethancourt than Francisco Mejia just because he's going to play a lot more than Mejia is. Um, this, is this is just like, you know, the evolution of Joe and Profar might be also <laughs> the evolution of Christian Benton, Christian Bencourt here. I mean, yeah, you I mean, like what um, you're saying? No, because you know what? I didn't know about the catcher thing. So that's when my ears yeah. perked up because I was looking at I I noticed him in the playing time thing. And then um and then you just mentioned that. I just didn't check. I didn't check on NFBC yet, but then you lead yeah, me to it. Zero percent of main events. He's not owned. Um, I oh, imagine he's not, he's not owned on any teams, but I think he's. Let's see if we have the power, Ryan, <laughs> to fucking make people make this move. This is what I've always been waiting for. I, you know, I can't, it, it's hard to judge if I like ever have any type of influence. Not that really, you know looking to be rated on influence but you know yeah. like um it's been out in the off season like um you know uh Eno and like johnny l like mentioned something about anthony alfred in the same week and it was like boom he went from like dc 570 to like 400 and like one week like just all these people started like drafting him and i'm like wow like that's that was in, you know that was instant like it's crazy how you could see that sometimes and just the you know like the power of a podcast you know or, or a mention of a player by like a good analyst and boom like things change you know um oh it, yeah that, ha- that happens all the time yeah. especially vlad, vlad settler of course does it right. tweets at anyone and then the guy's uh adp goes to the roof right or apparently like it was um at at the main events in vegas uh like apparently that's a move that people commonly do with Casey Chai and uh this year with like him and Phil you know they they tend to look at the picks and in those in their immediate drafts uh make those choices that's great <laughs> because I think Giolito can... like Giolito you know his end of you know draft champion ADP you know was rising up a little bit because he was showing like velo but apparently, like, it went to Vegas and Casey Chaw picked him, like, 16th overall, and then that was it. That's all everyone needed to see. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how it's influence. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's cool. I mean, do some, do some people, uh, I don't know, do some big, some players, like, not do their own research? They just go, uh, I, they just play based off of what other people say. I mean, I guess that's a viable strategy if you follow <laughs> smart people. But it seems like a dangerous game to play. It would be a good like. It would be a good like, experiment to take someone who doesn't play in the NFC, doesn't listen like, and just say, "Here, listen to these podcasts and just draft <laughs> yeah. all the players they mention, you know, and see how you do." <laughs> The end of Follow the year. these four people for pitching, these four people for hitting, and that's yeah. how you draft your team. That would, that would be really interesting. It would be a cool experiment. Oh god, yeah. this, this is what we're thinking about. It's great, <laughs> but no, I you know it does though. I think that even even I don't know to me like even being successful or having a great prep and knowing your whole player pool, I guess it's it just maybe hits you a little different when you know you're watching a draft in Vegas, maybe have a couple of beers in you, right? Who knows? And then, you know, you're like, oh, this dude just won 324 grand last year. So 
this might be a good player to look into, <laughs> you know, not, not specifically just automatically draft, but maybe it opens up, you know, just, just like we are opening up our eyes to players, you know, like right now in, in real time, I guess it's the same thing. Like, and maybe they didn't know, maybe they're like, oh shit. Oh, I kind of seen something that I didn't see before. I don't know, but you know, it definitely, I think those things, like I said, when you know that that guy just made all this money and he nailed all these picks, I think some people are just going to have a bias to make the pick or just look into it, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds right in theory, but it's a, it's a little dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous. Yeah. But yeah. What you should do is if someone mentions a player that that should make you want to look into them, not like just buy into them blindly. hundred percent. I have like a running, like I have a little like Google doc that I, that, that I keep that all podcasts that I listen to. And when I hear something that interests me, just so I don't like lose the flow of the podcast and like dive into, you know, stuff right there. Um, maybe I'm mm-hmm. off for a walk or something. I'll just like jot it down and just make sure I go back and look at it. Right. Because I think that's what does like your, your interest just get peaked up by what you hear, you know, and maybe it's not even a player, but maybe it's like a specific trend, you know, a specific, um, you know, pictures of, uh, Major league teams are looking at this and that now or whatever. You just hear something, you dive into it, you know, and I feel like the same same thing when I um, read an article or hear a podcast, if a player that's interesting to me that I never dove into, I'll just jot it down and then, you know, then look at it. And like you said, like do enough of your own stuff to make a decision, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So you gave everyone um, the fucking home run bit of the week. Um, <laughs> let's set the over under on how many teams pick them up this week in the main event. I'm going to say 11. How many uh, main event leagues are there? 47. 47. I'm going to say eight. <laughs> Maybe we should put this in. We put it in a poll at the end of the tweet. Like, oh, no, yeah, people have to listen to find out who. Yes, who yes, Ryan. you have to get you have to get this far to find out. Yeah, I'll I'll put it like, maybe we'll put it like, um, there is a catcher out there that you don't even know is is ready <laughs> to save your season in fantasy. You, you don't have to find out at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes, and, and you've never heard of him. And you've never heard of him because Rob didn't at all. <laughs> uh, well, I've heard, heard of him. him a week I, just, yeah, I, I never heard of him until a week ago. Yeah, I just didn't realize the catcher thing. I know he's been around for a while. He's got, he's 30, you know. Um, yeah. so he takes some time and he went to, um, he put in the KBO in 2019. And then. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't have any th- on his fan graphs. It's 2019 KBO and then 2022 Oakland MLB. So um, he actually play. stole a base the other day. He did steal a base. <laughs> so last year, that's to the appeal. Last year, Triple A in Pittsburgh was his only. Um, so that was his gap from 2019 to 2022. Was it 2021 in Pittsburgh? Triple A. Again, we might have some hitter stat inflation, but. 363 plate appearances, 14 homers, four stolen bases on five attempts, 281, 20% strikeout rate, 8% walk rate. God damn it. Wow, Ryan. I mean, this is it. <laughs> I might have found the gym. 
I don't even know. I don't even know what to do right now. It's like I'm Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, I'm like I'm too. I'm torn because my main. I have Keeper Ruiz and Alejandro Kirk as my two catchers. Do I? Do I add them as my third no, guy? No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't. But then, but then, oh my god! I wish he had another position too. He's playing first base, so he might be C one B. Dude, this is this is. We're going to come back to this point in life and be like, wow, do you remember when you told everyone to pick up Christian Betancourt and you didn't, but everyone else did? <laughs> that would be really funny. Some guy in your main is, you're going to scan your rosters. You're going to like, this is. Oh, don't tell Don is going to pick up Christian Betancourt and it's going to bite me in the ass. This is what you're going to do. I bet you, you're going to go and look at every team's roster and he's like, which team needs an upgrade to catcher? And if it's like three or four, Damn, then then you know someone might pick him up. And it's, then you're gonna possible. be you're gonna be so mad and Alejandro Kirk's gonna be a dud and you're gonna be like, <laughs> fuck. No, I have Alejandro yeah. Kirk in my main. Uh, I don't want that to happen, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just happy that he's playing. But yeah, it's uh it's been a slow start. Awesome, man. All right, so this was a good pod. I'm glad I finally got you on. It was fun. Um, why don't you let everyone know? Um know where to go find you on twitter what you do um you know where to go find your content and uh you know what you basically like to talk about out in the fantasy world yeah so i'm on twitter at then underscore arm barn like arm barn um i write for fantrax and sk playbook sk playbook is mike curlin's website um i do like a pitch report basically every week monitoring like pitch mix changes and velo changes and stuff like that um it might be every other week as the season goes on just because it's harder to do um but early on we're going to do it every week and then on fan tracks i'm doing a buy sell article uh, for redraft leagues and it doesn't apply to nf if you only play in nfbc because there's no trading but if you're in non-trade leagues it applies to you and um i'm really heavy into dynasty I have more invested in dynasty than I do redraft. So some of my tweets are more dynasty driven, but I talk, you know, dynasty redraft. I talk, um, you know, about guys that I'm looking to trade for all that good stuff. Um, if you, you know, a lot of people have been DMing me lately, ask me like questions that, you know, feel free to DM me on Twitter about anything. I'm always open to talk baseball. Yeah, me too. Right. I think I love getting those most like, Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? I was like, no, on my podcast, I actually tell people to, you know, DM me with questions because I just, you know, I love talking about it. I, I love, I learned from everybody too, you know, like you just, you never know what you're going to come across just interacting with someone. Right. You know, so um, it, it's always cool. I love, especially like um, I've gotten into Dynasty the last three years more than, I mean, I would never play Dynasty in the last two years. I got into two leagues. So one's 20 team, um, one is 12. Um, so different, different player pool but i like it i love it it's um it's something that i think takes a back seat to my redraft leagues but also like i love the whole um leading up to the season you know i love everyone being active if you have an active league you know and, and making moves and at least dialogue too you know and i felt like that forced me into thinking more about the players all year long you know um it definitely helped in like looking at different, different players, you know, sets and different names and, you know, just trying to get better at 
like analyzing um, because I think it helps. I think it helps in your redraft. Like when you, when we're talking about these Josh Lowe's or even some lower um, level, you know, hitters that come up and just to have a beat, just to have a beat on them or just to know a little about it. So you're not blindly bidding 400 or 600 on a player where maybe, you know, like, eh, you know, that's not worth it. You know? Yeah. I really like dynasty leagues because um, I like to think of, you know, fantasy baseball as like, um, like trading stocks, mm, like you, yes. you invest in this player and you get to see them rise for like the year, year after year after year. And you have them on your team the whole time. It's really cool. And then you like, you sell high on, on guys. Um, that, that aspect of dynasty, I really like because in redraft leagues, you know, you have the guy for the year and then you got to draft them. If you really like someone, you got to draft them four rounds higher the next year. Cause they had a good year. Um, but dynasty also helps with DCs a lot. Definitely. And some dynasty, like, like I already knew who Diego Castillo was last uh-huh. year. Yes. That's yes. Why I, I drafted yes. him in some DCs <laughs> this year. I loved Connor Joe last year. I drafted him in a bunch of teams this year. Um, Makes so, so dynasty, much sense, dynasty definitely helps with that. So even if you're a player that does like 10, 15 redraft leagues or even a le- little less than that, I would recommend doing like one dynasty league. And it, it really helps you learn the player pool. It really does. It really, really does. Like it's, yeah. like you said, like it, you, it's great point, man. Couldn't you stress that any better than you did? Like really helps in those, in mm-hmm. those draft champions because, and I think, I think you'll, you know, you'll find these interesting things that maybe you'll find like organizational stuff too, right? Oh, like this team isn't afraid to try this level of minor league bat, like for, you know, like you, you just kind of get into the mind of the organization too and how they promote guys and what their path is to the major league. So like you said, for draft champions, when you, you know, later on in the draft where you just, any type of guy that could, you might look at and, you know, pop up like Travis Swaggerty, you know, not sexy, but like, you know, like, okay, maybe he comes up and gets a shot and and, and he's got good skills, you know? Uh, so I, yeah, I, I got into, um, I love talking about this. I don't talk about it enough on it. Because <laughs> it's a, yeah. I, uh, I got into a league um, two years. This is my second year in the league. So um, it's 20 teams. Um, I took on a, a team. So me and Steve Weimer actually uh, had a, um, a draft between the two teams that um, were available, you know, uh, what do you call that kind of draft? Oh, man, there was a name for it. Anyway, um, but uh, Toby Backfoot Crazy is in the league. Um, Brian Slack is in the league, who's amazing fantasy. Um, Dylan White, um, you know, from Prospects Live, who... Uh, you're, think, all, you're all in a dynasty league? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, it's a loaded league. Yeah, Max Freeze, um, Randy Jeez. Haynes, um, Andrew McQuiston. Uh, Lucas Beery, uh, really like loaded, loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, um, missing several names for sure, but these are all the ones off top of my head um, that I know that play in the league, and it's really, really solid, man. Every, it was interesting. So I had this draft, um, you know, to draft from the two teams that were. Uh, moving out and I was like you know what I'm gonna do like I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to 
you know, just be a young team, you know, because I never done that before. You know, I never just tried to build a team from not much of anything. And it was a real, like, was, the pickings were slim after a good, like, top eight. And then the rest of the guys were just like, oh, they were rosters that finished 19th and 20th the years we took them over, you know, just like inactive teams not really caring, you know. So, but I'm going to tell you my team right now. But I made a couple of trades. Like, um, real quick, when I did the draft, I drafted like um, Bichio, Kiora, um, and I flipped them really quick, like two for ones. I got upgrades. Um like getting younger you know I, I traded away for like younger guys that um guys wanted like Bijo and Keston as just guys now that were just going to blow off you know and they we still had like some good dynasty value at that time um yeah. I yeah so I I traded away uh so I'm gonna tell you my team right now it's got a lot of shit on it but the younger guys the younger guys like I have wit I have J-Rod I have Rutschman. Um, I got Mark Vientos, Pete Crow Armstrong, Riley Green, Helio Ramos, Jose Siri, Leo Herrera. That's like my and then um, I have Max Max Meyer, uh, and really oh and and Espanol. Those like two of my um, those are my major minor guys. But I feel happy like with. The J Rod, Wit, Rutschman. I I feel oh, those excited. Are, that's your. That, those were all on your only on your minor league team. That's crazy. And you know, loaded, loaded minor leagues. Yeah. No. I I mean I brought I brought Wit and and J Rod up now because they're definitely way better. Like my my starting team is is, is terrible. It's 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 Jan Gomes, Luis Torrens, Eric Hosma, Rudnet Odor, Ryan McMahon, um, Yanni Hernandez at corner, Laurie Garcia at middle. My outfield's not that bad. I improved my outfield a little bit with Hap. Naylor, I traded for both of those guys this offseason. I have Tyler O'Neill. I traded for George Springer, um, and I have Lane Thomas, which – Oh, okay. Know. So you got, yeah. you got pieces to go with Witt and I got J-Rod pieces, and yeah. Green. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to and massage I love, it all I love – Max Meyer is the most underrated prospect oh, in baseball. Man. I think he's going to be an ace like the second he gets to the big leagues. P.S. Everyone love, in the main event. Love Max Meyer. Pay up when he becomes available. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Saving up Pay for the fuck up because it's, it's <laughs> not going to be easy. You, you oh, see me making man. $1 bids right now. It's for a reason. Um, oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, but love yeah, it. so it's interesting, you know, um, pitching staff. Um, I just picked up Blackburn on, on waiver again. Like I made a decision. I wanted to play for the future, but like last year it was too much for me to just like i'm like oh it sucks just being 20th and everything or 19th and everything you know so uh this offseason i made like look like trades um you know not to get like like ridiculously better but just to like try to incrementally you know like um improve a little bit you know so like during the draft i i got nailer for um my round five pick at the time and uh, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll take a chance on that, on that skill set, you know, um, during the draft two, um, this year's draft, I traded my round two pick 20 pick uh, round six, pick 19 and round eight, pick three for Ian Happ. What do you think about that? I, I really liked the, the nailer trade. Um, that like was that, a right? steal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I traded. What did, you, so, what, did, what did you do for Hap again? My second, sixth, and eighth round pick. Second, so basically, I traded eighth. my second. Yeah, round I mean, your sixth, your sixth and eighth yeah. round picks in a twenty-team league. Uh, a dud. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I basically traded my second, fifth, sixth, and eighth round pick for Naylor and Hap, which I was pretty, pretty happy with. Yeah, no, I, I love those trades. I traded um, Swaggerty for a draft pick and Eric Hosmer. Again, I wanted some, I was trying to like just get guys that would just give me plate appearances, like, and just get me to at least compete. I just wanted to like try to scare some people this year. You know, I just, I wanted to sit back, but also like try to compete. Those are like, um, here's another trade I made. Um, I'm about this. I gave up Tanner Burns and Michael Walker. And I got Steckenrider, Cole Irvin, Luis Torrens, and Cole Calhoun. <laughs> uh, well, but here's the biggest trade they made. I traded, um, at the time, I probably, this is the deal, I, I probably gave up too much to get too little. Uh, I'm looking at it now. But I don't know. At the time, I felt good about it. I traded Austin Martin. Tyler Soderstrom and Mackenzie Gore for Springer and George and uh, Corey Kluber. Mackenzie Gore, Gore Soderstrom, and and, who? and and Austin Martin. Austin Martin, I think that's a good trade for Springer. I think so, right? I mean, I don't know. I felt yeah, okay I with mean, it. I felt like, I like Martin is I just like, like a Go- steady Eddie, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Look, and Gore too. Like at that point, I traded it March. Um, let's see, we were in March second, so there was no like. That was pre-Gore's back hype, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I saw in um, in the Arizona Fall League, I saw Gore was sitting 96, and I wanted to – we were in the middle of the D.C. My, me and my friend uh, Daniel Preppis, we, we teamed up on a bunch of teams. I saw him throwing 96, and I was like, dude, we were at pick four, uh, 380. And I was like, dude, we got to take Mackenzie Gore right now. I was like, <laughs> I was like Mackenzie Gore is going to be great this year. We got to take him right now. And he's like – Dude, his ADP is like 600. We're not taking him right now. It's like, no, we have to take him right now. He's going to yep, pitch great at this moment. Trust me. Right. So if, if you look at ADP, his mid, I probably took him by the uh, on the min by like uh, 200 picks because of that one report. On it's because of the one report. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, worth yeah. it, right? I mean, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. But um, that. All right. Well, here's I, one more I, trade. I, one more trade for you. Okay. This was the big one. This is the one that set off my preseason where I made the trade. Like, all right, let me try to get incrementally better now. I traded away my first round pick three this year and Corbin Carroll for Alec Manoa. Wow. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. So you basically traded Khalil Watson and... Right. And yep. Corbin Carroll for Alec Manoa. I mean, Manoa's a stud. I know. In a 20-team league, I'm like, I'm getting an instant, like... Yeah, yeah. That's a good trade for That's a good trade for you. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm incrementally trying to get better. And then just hopefully the young guys with... Just trying to make, you know, I'll try to make a couple more trades. You know, I, I, I'm really like... I spent a lot of the offseason just trying to get anything for like some of my lesser prospects like no one bit on helio ramos though and like pete crow armstrong uh it was like no interest in those guys i thought there would be some but um you know but it's interesting so my whole point is the dynasty is cool it gets me into different parts of fantasy that i haven't dove into and definitely doesn't make you a worse player that's for sure 
you know? Oh, no, it definitely, definitely helps you. Um, it only gives you more knowledge. But no, you always have to be trading in Dynasty Lakes for sure. Yeah, it's fun, man. Is it the whole point of like, I love it. I love it. I, like, it's a bad team I have, but like, I just love the whole, you know, projecting. I mean, you have two, you have two first round picks on your team, so it'll be good eventually. Right. Exactly. Between J Rod yeah. and Witt. Yeah. 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 And I hope everyone else can kind of fill in, you know, I just got to get better at certain spots, but all right, Ryan, it's cool. It's been a long uh, pod. I've been keeping you for way too long. I'm sure you have a life, uh, but um, I really do appreciate you chatting with me, man. It's been fun and we definitely have to do it again. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, last time, yeah, I love that we're just two baseball nerds just talking about baseball for three hours. Yeah. I love it. Two baseball nerds who don't eat meat, baby. <laughs> yes. Power. Hashtag vegan. Let's go. <laughs> awesome, man. All right, pal. I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your night. Later, man. You too. All righty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Once again, thank you for everybody who left a rating, a review. It sincerely means everything. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Everyone who's reached out through DM or email just talking about how much the pod has helped them. And yeah, it's really cool. Love that feedback. So keep it coming and open for dialogue. Talk about anything baseball or life as well. If you need an outlet, I'm a good ear. But anyway, don't be a bag of shit, right? Mm Mm-hmm.